Hey, welcome back everyone to the Reflex Blue Show. I'm your host, Donovan Beery, and I have with me John Dolly. John, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Good, and you are, Good. you're the incoming president of AIG in Nebraska, or have you already taken over? I have taken over. Taken over. I'm taken over. It's a big coup. No. I know. We didn't care. Ka- Katie was great. She served us well. But yes, now, now I am sailing the ship into the unknowns, so. And, and I want... Well, the thing I got to talk about first, because we've never had anyone on who's done this before, and I know this has been probably a decade ago. Mm-hmm. You worked as a designer for the Phoenix Suns. Correct, I did. How long ago was that? I started there during the 2005 season and worked uh, until 2009, so right right up until the economy crashed. Everything with us was was done in you know season, so it was like 08-09 season was always sold during 07-08. So the economy crash didn't hit us until 2009. And so I was looking to come back to the Midwest. I actually interviewed with the the Cavaliers, and that was by far the worst interview process I have had in my life, but the the best learning experience of my life as well. And that the the thing that trumped me, looking at my portfolio at the time, I'm now four years out of college, and they asked me, you know, show me a piece in your book that represents the brand of the Phoenix Suns. And it was at that point that I realized that we weren't branding at the Suns. We were just doing advertising, and we didn't know what we were really advertising. And it was pretty transparent. What you know, I was going to the, going to look at the Cavs, go up there, talk to them. You know, I was pretty open with my my team and at the Suns, and so I went back and shared that insight. And they're like, "Oh no." This is this is our brand. I said, no, that's our ad campaign. Your brand is not your ad campaign. Well, yeah. The, you know. the reason I want to talk about it is because I don't think there's nobody, there's no one else. In, Omaha Market doesn't really have a professional sports team. No, yeah, not really. They they have they have some college teams, but yeah. So so there's not designers that come around that say like, hey, I just worked for as a designer for a professional sports team on a full time basis. I mean, yeah. There's, there's, and. Even if even if you were in a market with that, these aren't. There's not like I don't think there's a lot of jobs. This isn't a huge market. It's it's a, it's pretty niche. Sports is pretty niche, and once you're in, you can definitely stay in. I mean, and you can go all sorts of places with it. Uh, I've got friends of mine who are now working, you know, Tostitos Fiestable. Creative director Cheyenne, I believe that's what she's doing there. Coworker of mine, she ended up uh, running social media for Starbucks for several years. You really can go anywhere with it. But I really wanted to come back to the Midwest after, yeah, I'm from here. I grew up here. Midwest was calling me back. So I came back. No, um, and that's fine. That's but fine. yeah, which is, yeah. But and, yeah, it was it, it was interesting because I was having a discussion with um, Lacey, our communications director for AIG in Nebraska. And we were talking about, you know, what you do in your career, what you've done. You know, I, I started my career working with the big brands, right? I've already done the big flashy stuff. Coca-Cola, Dasani, Anheuser-Busch, Budweiser, Bud Light, Toyota, Southwest Airlines. Were those with the Suns? Those were with the Suns, yeah. yeah. And so I, I worked with those brands with the Suns. We were underneath marketing partnerships. And so those were all sponsors of the team, and we fulfilled their contracts. So so it was sort of like a, a you know expanding their brand through our brand. You know, in different different ways. 
Yeah, so. and, and, and and for those for those listeners, you're saying, well, I don't know if I'd count the Phoenix Suns as a professional sports organization. <laughs> I, I you got to remember, you were there when Shaq was there, and if Shaq's yes. on your team, you're a professional sports organization. Yes, Shaq was there. The last season I was there, Shaq was there, but we also had like Steve Nash and Sean Marion and Leandro Barbosa, Boris Diaw. Grant Hill. So, I mean, if you're an yeah, NBA yeah, person, you like team. you know those names. Those it was are... it was during the, the the peak of the Suns. Oh, definitely uh, the peak of the Suns in the last 15 years. Definitely the my first season there, we went three rounds into playoffs, and it you know it's exciting to to be part of that. But then also, I mean, not only was it the Phoenix Suns, but we also had the Phoenix Mercury, the WNBA team. We had a um, at the time an ECHL team called the the Roadrunners, which was ice hockey. And then an arena football team uh, called the Rattlers that also used our facility. So, like, it wasn't only just basketball, too. And then it was also all of the arena concerts. So, you know, you're, we'd also do work for Mariah Carey or Billy Joel or Incubus. I mean, it's like whoever was touring at the time, they'd come through and we'd also do all of the advertising for them. You Did you know? get a lot of free tickets? No. Oh, it's one of the like the IR it's an IRS thing. Okay. It's a it's a non-cash fringe benefit. So you have to pay income tax on a percentage of the value of the ticket. At least for the the Suns, that's how it worked out. So the first year there going three rounds in the playoffs, my my paycheck was was hurt a little bit. Yes. <laughs> but you know, but you made it to the playoff games. You just you just I just of, had to you I had half paid for it. Sort of sort of yeah, I think it was like half off is what it came down to. Which is still pretty good. So but that was only the weird part about that. That's only when we were selling out. So if there wasn't a sellout, you didn't have to pay for tickets. But of course, when I was there, we were selling out. Like we we had some consecutive streak of how many games we were selling out. I can't remember what the streak was, but I think it was pretty big for the NBA. So that was that was exciting. But yeah, I remember working on a car wrap for Lexus. You talked about Shaq and. Lexus was one of the brands we worked on, and they wanted a, a you know a Lexus wrap. And designing the wrap, they wanted Shaq's face on the hood of the car. Sure, why sure. not? And and Shaq's like, you can't afford my face. That was roughly the reply that we got. So it was it was interesting though. I mean, the things that we did that you can do under under the umbrella of a professional sports team. I mean, especially when you have like your mascot. He can get away with anything, so yeah, you can put a, the face of the mascot can be on. You can you can just sell that out. Oh there's yeah, no, there's no like you got to deal with someone else. But the players themselves are like, I'll be on the tickets, but you can't put me on a Lexus. But then playoff tickets were weird, okay? Because playoff tickets are being designed about the time of the trade deadline, and you don't know who's going to be traded or not, and then you also don't know if you're going to make the playoffs. So I designed a set of playoff tickets. And they were like, Shaq's, Shaq's good. You put Shaq on it. Steve Nash, we're not going to trade him. Anyone else might be fair game. Oh, geez. You know, so it's like you're also, as a, as a professional sports team, you're, you're, you've got your brand of the team, but it's so closely tied to the brand of the player. Especially with the NBA. The NBA has done great at marketing. Mm-hmm. They decided let's not market teams. Let's market players first, teams second. Yeah. Which has worked great for them. Yeah. And I think it helps that there's – only five players that start on each team. So you're you're using those in all your advertising, all those players, those five-star players. But when three of the five are possibly going to get traded, 
how do you design playoff tickets around the brand of the player? It's a, it's a really weird thing. And then, of course, we didn't make the playoffs that year. So oh. I designed playoff tickets. They printed, like, one set, and I never got them because they're sitting in a drawer in the Suns' offices as samples for for eternity. So. You, for, you forget with, with – sometimes there's so much work that goes into this. You can't just throw on a playoff ticket – to, for for an organization that large, yeah, in in a day, so you have to plan it months in advance. Months in advance, and there's only like one place that prints tickets for the for the the NBA, and you know I might have even were they in Oklahoma City by chance? I don't know where they were because I, I I judge an ad competition and there's and they were they printed like high end tickets and stuff yeah. and it looked like that stuff. So if it wasn't, so I've, I've seen like what they look like, yeah, because they had them framed in the sample room. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh. And even if that wasn't the place, I was like, oh, I see why you don't just have anyone print these. Yeah. And and it, it's even like foil stamping, right? Because we had the, – the arena is not just like upper level, lower level. It's courtside seats. You know, there, we, had a, we had a nightclub in our arena. So that, that was, at the time was called the Verve, Verve Lounge. It's an energy drink. There's, there's branded tickets for the Verve Lounge. There's branded tickets for courtside. You've got the Toyota Club, which is another thing. You've got two levels of suites, so like you're you're really designing like eight or ten different branded tickets, and they have to look different enough so that if you're trying to break into the nightclub, they can spot you immediately. They can spot you immediately. Yeah, because that was one of the issues we ran into was how how are we going to design this so that someone can't make a counterfeit because we had problems with counterfeits, and it, and they looked pretty legit. Yeah, what what's the high end price of these tickets, even if it was fifteen years ago? I think courtside, like some of the really pricey ones, were fifteen hundred a seat per a game. Yeah, so one sheet of paper is fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. Not even on the secondary market, just straight up. Just straight up. Yeah. So I don't know what that's like, secondary market. But so for us, one of the big things was foil stamping, tons of foil stamping, and and intricate, complicated foil stamping that's hard to recreate. And, and now, and now that you're you're business to business, they're probably like, "How can we use a penny less per sheet of paper? How can we use a cheaper stock?" Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> it's like a whole different whole different design solution. Yeah, going from you know starting your career where you've got okay, design a calendar for Southwest Airlines, and what's the budget? Uh, just to design a calendar, you know. So you do the fancy you know French folds and die cuts and. Uh, vellum sheets of paper and it's like the printing was whatever you want to do do it let's do it we did decks of cards with Budweiser I think I designed five decks of cards for Budweiser uh, with the the sun's dancers on them those are printed in China we print up like 10,000 decks of cards and you know because there's like sure yeah and now now I'm in a you know business to business and it's it is a, a lot different yeah. Uh, 50 copies digital printing. Yeah, only 50 print on demand and, and how can we get how can we get it cheaper and still look good because cuz now the brand, you know, I, so I work for SGH Concepts now, which is a construction company, and we really do care about quality of what we are out there in the world. Well, you're selling construction. You you don't you know you want to make it look like you're going to build something that will last more than yeah. 30 days. Yeah. And we and, and we work in the sort of the intersection of architecture and construction because what we do is very design, like a capital D design. Not only does it look good to you at the end of the day, like the 
what is it, CHI Health Center at Omaha? Is that what it's called now? I can't keep track. It was Quest Center when I think we started, then it was CenturyLink Center, and now it's CHI Health. So we did the the skin of that building. It's all a metal panel system. Okay. Right? So it's it's been there now, what, 15, 20 years? I guess, um, yeah, it has been. And so it looks great, and that's what we all see at the end of the day, but what a lot of the people in our organization do is they figure out how it's going to work. So the intersection of how the panel is going to attach to the building, how it's going to intersect with the glass curtain walls, the doors, fire exits, the the drain systems. I mean, it's like this engineering designing thing that's really complex that all of us at the end of the day don't really think about how buildings are built and how construction is done. And, you you, and you're doing it in a way knowing that it's going to change its name before the building's gone. Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. And in this case, it's already changed its name twice, probably sooner than they expected. Probably. Yeah. Okay. We're going to be right back so. with uh, with John Golly. So so when you, when you go into your office, do you ever think, why isn't Shaq swinging by my desk today now? I mean, I wish, right? Did he ever swing? By the way, did, did Shaq or ever swing by the office? Did How, how big um, is the marketing team like 15 years ago on an NBA team? So we had... We had a department of six and this was just graphic designers this did not include our web team so they the web team was separate and it also did not include the video team or, or the people who did the video the you know in arena graphics the leds and all that stuff so so this is purely just graphic designers we had our senior designer angela and then it was myself aaron cheyenne page and then marta was our, our trafficking manager and so it was six of us i hope i got everyone there and then we also had an ad agency as well. So we worked with an agency. Yeah, and, 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 and if you go into professional, if you see professional sports work, a lot of times, like the big stuff, the splashy stuff, an agency does. Yes. But as you mentioned, there's so much day-to-day in the arena and so many, like, off events that obviously there's an in-house team. Yeah. And I think that's like that. with So it's, it's run very much like a regular company where they, they might farm out their, their new brand and then they have an in-house team that says, hey, we got a lot of, regular stuff that we need done. Yeah, I mean, we look at it as a sports industry, but it really is just a, a, a corporate in-house team. That's what we were. And so the agency did a lot of stuff. We did a lot of stuff. And at the end of the day, the agency would also say, hey, that thing was really cool. Can you send it to us? We want to use it over here. So there was a lot of back and forth collaboration with the agency as well, just like any other you know, in-house team. The difference is, is now you now I mean in most in houses you have like a CEO will sometimes swing by the marketing department. Seriously, does like does like does Shaq swing by or does he even know you guys exist? I, Shaq never swing by. Every now and then we get to do a photo shoot with a certain certain one, or every now and then like there's media day every year, and so you know different people throughout the office would get wrangled into helping assist in media day, which is basically like we're going to take a ton of photos of all of the players. And then media can interview them, and 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 that's it. So like that's where you, we got probably the most connection. Or if we were doing a one-off piece, like uh, we did a we call it a growth chart. It was a, a thing you could put in your kid's bedroom, uh, hanging on the wall. You know, measure how tall your kid's growing. And it was from the uh, Arizona Department of Health Services, uh, got milk type of thing, and got to meet Grant Hill for that. So every now and then you'd get to meet him, but 
the players really didn't like swing by the office. Um, they have other things. They do. have other things they're doing. Yeah, I, Shaq would maybe cause. Uh, you know, he, he's got his personality that he has. So I remember one time coming back from lunch trying to get back to work and there's a traffic jam and it's because Shaq's driving to work. Oh, you know, okay. Like he's coming into work and his his big, huge diesel truck that he's got because his nickname's the diesel and, you know, people are seeing that Shaq and they're wanting to grab his picture, you know, maybe grab an autograph or something and there's a traffic jam simply because of Shaq. So. so it's the exact opposite, I'm thinking, where you're just like... Frickin' frackin' Shaq causing me to get late back to lunch. Yep, getting late back to lunch because Shaq's causing traffic issues, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, since it's kind of like running, I mean, it's, I mean, you forget that other than the fact that this is, it's high profile because it's out, it's entertainment, it's in the media, and mm-hmm. it's played on TV. The, the team is not set up any different probably than, than what your team is now other than now it's steel sheeting on the side of a wall. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's very similar, but obviously also the dollars are different, right? The marketing dollars are different. So oh, yeah. like, my team is a lot smaller. There's two of us now. Okay, <laughs> and so it's myself and and Kayla that do all the marketing work for, you know, we, we're a company of a little little over a hundred people. So at scale, it actually works out because we had three hundred people at the Suns. So three times as many people, three times as many employees. The department was. Three times sure. the size, yeah. So, something somewhere around that is is how big we we got. And but then when the economy crashed, they and I left, and they didn't replace me. They they I don't know if they got down to four people or how small they got, but they surged back up. You know, I think they're probably back up to six or plus people now. I don't know anyone there anymore besides. Alvin out Alvin Adams. He was a player back in the seventies or eighties. Big name uh, alumni, Suns player, and he he was always a great guy. Really nice guy. He's from the Midwest as well, and um, we were we're both Eagle Scouts. So he always loved that. And so I I'll hit him up every now and then if I'm in town. Um, you know, hey, can you give a, a tour to my friends of the arena and. Oh, he'll, nice. he'll entertain us, which is really nice. Nice. So, yeah. I didn't know you were an Eagle Scout. Yes. Uh, earned my Eagle Scout when I was, I think, 14. So I think I was six. I, I was a month after I was 16. Yeah. I, I think it's very true. Like, what do you do afterwards, right? I mean, I worked at Boy Scout Camp, did that stuff. Did I, I did two years of Scout Camp, yeah. Yeah. Did film on once. I was supposed to go when I was younger and broke my toe and I couldn't go uh, backpacking in Philmont, but... Okay. Um, did was able to do that when I was eighteen. That was great. My so. my daughter um, signed up for Cap Scouts this year. That's awesome. So she's she's in it. We did they did the space derby last night. Um, half the space derby things I I'd never done. We we did the Pinewood Derby, which I think she's yeah. doing in two months. But yeah. I, I see why everyone does Pinewood and not space derby. Those things are not as reliable. I guess I don't know space derby. That's a new one to me. It's like a balsa wood thing, and you spin a rubber band, and they they fly across like a, a fishing line. Huh. They they were around when I was around, so I don't remember. So probably the same. Yeah. I think I saw them somewhere, but like our our my group never did them. I was always like, "What what's this? Why aren't we doing this?" Yeah, we always did Pinewood. And now I realize that oh, because it takes a while to set it up. It takes a while to you know wind the things up, and then so. 
Mm-hmm. So it, where Pinewood Derby's just... You just drop the car. Drop the car, boom. You can do multiple heats. Everyone can race their car, like, what, 30 times if you want. They go so fast. Where this thing, it's like four at a time, and they got to put each one on individually. Yeah, my nephew, I think, made it to, like, second place in the in the district uh, last year for Pinewood. Oh, district. Yeah. Okay. See, when I, when I did it, we didn't... We just did... You just did the pack. Yeah, because now you do the pack, and then you go, like, bigger... I won my um, pack one year, and that was pretty exciting. Yeah. But the rules are, I think, getting stricter on Pinewood. A lot of people were getting into, like, three-wheelers, they call them, where not all not all four wheels touch the track. And so if you only have three wheels touch the track, you go faster. Okay, and so less friction. Less friction. And so now they're saying no more three-wheelers. You have to have all four wheels touch the track. Oh. Yeah. We, we have to – I, I, I have to help her build this car and mm-hmm. – I think it's in March, so that's that's gonna destroy a weekend of mine, I guess. I it's it's really exciting to me that the uh, the scouts opened it up to um, women to join. My my grandfather started the first scout troop west of the Mississippi. Really? Yes. In uh, I believe it was Eagle Grove, Iowa, but my mom's probably gonna correct me on that. <laughs> um, so my so my family was big scouters. My you know, obviously since since he started the troop, and then both my uncles were Eagle Scouts. My mom grew up in it, but she couldn't obviously ever earn her Eagle Scout. But she was always around it, right? Um, just because her brothers were. So then it was sort of not really a choice you could say for me to to be involved. But I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to getting into it with my son and daughter when they're old enough. I think we'll start Tiger Cubs this coming fall so yeah yeah well it's i think it's 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 um isn't it, it's lions are the well are the so ones, right lions i think are pre-kindergarten uh, no lions are kindergarten are they kindergarten they're kindergarten because she my, my daughter missed that she's a tiger okay she's a tiger now or she's you know going getting her tiger now okay so is there a tiger cub before the lions that we met completely i don't know yeah now they just obviously they just they just, they just opened it to, to females last year. Yeah, and, and the and the the younger. This is the is, first, is year. first too. Is new. No, no, okay. Last year the Cub Scouts was open to, to girls. Mm-hmm. This year women could join what's now just called Scouts. PSA. Oh, Scouts. Yeah. So it was a two year implementation. So yeah. this year it's completely open. Yeah. Well, and 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 girls were around in um, explorer troops. Yes. Pre. And there, there have yeah. always been women leaders. But just not in the troops themselves. But I... Yeah, and where I grew up, there wasn't really an explorer group. I mean, we heard... That was another we thing heard we heard about, about but, but there wasn't one there. But there wasn't one, yeah. yeah. And I think technically, because I worked at Camp Cedars, we were technically part of the explorer pack at the camp. But that was as far as it went. You know? Okay. And I don't know if that was some like... Because there were female instructors working at the camp, if that was, if that was it, like you know, okay, well, if we have female instructors, then we got to make this all part of a explored, you know, troop. I don't know. Yeah, it's all different now. It's all different, but it's I, it's I think it's good. I think they're making good progress. Maybe a little slow, but I think that's all. All, all we're all you know, we're all trying to figure this stuff out. Yeah. So. Well, uh, and before we leave, I got to welcome you back to the. You rejoined the AIG Nebraska board. Yes. 
you know, you, you were on the board shortly after I left and then you were off and then you're back on. Yes, I was I was on the board, I think, 2009 through 2014, okay, 15. Okay, I think I left at the end of 2008. So yeah. We, yeah, we just, just, just missed each other. And then, you know, my son was born in 2014 and I was like, I was working at Omaha Magazine at the time. Um, it was long hours working in publications and I was like, I just can't devote the time to AIGA. So instead, I, you know, come back and do show the same fall that my daughter's born and thought, oh, I can do that, right? But um, thank goodness she she got viral meningitis three weeks after being born. So we were in the NICU for three days the week of show. So I didn't. I obviously handed it back over to Katie and the board that was there that year. You know, yeah. Then, then things just sort of progressed, and uh, I looked at the board and and said, you know, I think it's time to be president now. So, so here I am, Jeff Silverstein with Friendly Design Company. He's the vice president right now. And he was just on the last show, which which we haven't mm-hmm. released yet. So, I mean, oh, this, yeah, this is okay. You know, you know, yeah, future past tense at the same time. I'll be interested to listen to what Jeff had to talk about. Okay. Yeah. He's he's really great. I actually need I, I want to talk to him more about architecture and such because I know when we interviewed him to be on the board, he talked about Frank Lloyd Wright and so I think we probably have some similar passions in terms of mid century and architecture and and that that world. So Okay. But yeah, his his team does some really good work and they did the branding for the chapter. I don't know if he talked about that. Um, you know we didn't, but but I, I but I did see. I mean I saw that they they just rebranded. Yeah, yep. Nebraska rebranded because because mm-hmm. even though National has a thing, and National is a large group, it's it's like all these other things where each chapter has their own feel. And their yeah, own. I mean each chapter is technically its own individual five hundred one c three, so we are separate even though we're connected to National, but. But yeah, we all have our own communities, so we brand to that community, and it's not sort of, you know, really the only thing that National says is don't mess with our, our square and our eight, our four letters. I, I so. remember, and I'm sure the book has changed since, because I think it was the local chapter was last rebranded. I think it was Michelle Shamley, me, Andrew Davies yeah. designed it, mm-hmm. and the, the, the AIJ National book was written in their identity is set up in a way to where it's like you can do just about anything yeah and they've cracked down a little bit on that now like you used to put whatever you wanted in the square okay you know and now it's like let's just stick to solid colors it's really Mm -hmm. like probably not great design to put like a fish inside the square with white aig over it like because that was okay in that brand book if you look that was correct that's correct i think the only thing you couldn't do is reverse the logo yeah. Back then, that was the only thing they didn't like. Mm-hmm. It was funny how many times you saw it reversed. And you're like, like you have the most open brand ever, and it and it got still wasn't followed. Still, yeah, yeah. So just don't mess with the letters and and call it AIGA. Don't call it Agua or whatever people try and yeah <laughs> try and call it. But yeah, Jeff's team did that. Now we're sort of working on our tone and you know all the other stuff that comes with brand, right? Like brand is you know it's like the tip of the iceberg thing, right? The what you see is is the logo, but your brand is really more holistic. So I know uh, Lacey and Paige and maybe even Evan and Chloe have been talking about the voice and the tone of, of our, our 
of our organization and, and what that means. So that's sort of our next step that we're working on there. So yeah. we'll look forward to seeing how that comes out. So yeah. Before we leave, one last question. Any advice for the youngsters out there? Get with, I, I would design? say get involved in, 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 and get to know, get involved in, and volunteer and get connected and go to things. It's really easy with the, the internet nowadays to just follow people and get inspired and there's great content there. But the connections that I've made through being involved with AIGA have been lifelong and and really things that you won't get, I don't think, off of following someone on Twitter and retweeting. I mean, I'm on Twitter and I'm on all the social channels, but my wife, Trisha, went to San Francisco for a design conference. Okay. I think it was a coding conference because she's, I'm print, she's web. It was something with web. And so she went to San Francisco. So rather than rather than like most people where we do both, you're like, how about I just marry someone that does the part I don't do and yeah. then we'll together do both. There we go. Yeah. That's that's some other advice for you all. Yeah. Find find uh find someone who does what you don't do. And yeah, because I, I I don't know web at all. Okay. I can code HTML in an email. That's about as far as my coding goes because I learned HTML in ninety six. When you had to hand code everything. Oh right, right. and yeah. and I haven't I haven't kept up yeah. in what twenty four years. Yeah. So she went to a conference. So she went to a conference, and I I I message out on Facebook like, oh, she lost her luggage. This is horrible. Like, oh man, Frontier Airlines, you dropped the ball. What are you doing? And Don in San Francisco, I believe she was president at the time, sees my my angry Facebook post, and she sends a bike messenger. Uh, with a bag of goodies to my wife to help her while she's in this time of like stress and yeah and when when is when is how else are you going to get that you know that kind of community you only get that by being involved in the IGA and by um, actually meeting people and by actually meeting sometime, people yeah and i hadn't seen don in probably close to 10 years i mean it was 10 years it was Saw her, I met her in 2009, hadn't seen her again. I saw her in 2019 down in, in Georgia at the leadership retreat. And it's like we pick up right where we left off and hadn't seen each other in a decade and met each other once. And that's, it's a hard thing to, you know, what is the value of, of AIGA? What is the value of being involved? Well, it's like, it's almost like JFK, right? It, it's not what AIGA can do for you. It's what you can do for AIGA. And the more you do with it, the more you're going to get out of it. And then your connections for life are just. Yeah. And there's other organizations depending on what you do. Yeah. For design, that's, that's, that's kind of the big group. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you're in marketing or if you're in advertising, I mean, get involved. Yeah. Be involved. Do things with these groups. I, I mean, I go to their, their, the other talks that the other groups do, the luncheons. Because it's, you know, now that I started in design, but now I've gone into other parts of marketing or advertising, you know, I need to continue educating myself as well. So I, I still go and do those things. Well, John, thank you so much for your time. And uh, we look forward to seeing, seeing you in the future and seeing what this new AIG voice is for Nebraska. Yeah, thanks, Donovan. The Reflex Blue Show with Donovan Meary is hosted at 36point.com. Music by Dust Lab.